Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Trip Talks. My name is Barbara Lally, and today we are here with Nicole. How are you, Nicole? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Are you ready to kind of jump in and get started? I am. I'm excited. Perfect. Me too. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about your trick, how old you were when you started, things like that? Yeah. So my trick started when I would, I would say I was about eight or nine, um, around fourth grade. And it started with my eyelashes. I pulled my eyelashes primarily at night while I was laying in bed and all of them, all bald except for the inner corners because I found that the inner corners hurt and I didn't get the satisfaction, I guess. So I didn't pull those. Um, but in later years, around eighth grade, I switched to pulling my hair and, and that's currently where I'm still at. Mm -hmm. When you pulled your eyelashes, did you ever notice yourself like putting them in little piles? That's what I do. Like kind of line them up or stick them somewhere. Um, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Um, definitely when I grabbed a big bunch, I would kind of play with them between my fingers for a minute, inspect them, and then I was just like, okay, I'm done, and get rid of them. Or every once in a while, I'd put them on my leg and look at them on my leg. Yeah, yeah so you, to me right now, it looks like you have some nice full eyelashes. Are you currently- I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't pull my eyelashes very often anymore. Um, every once in a while, I'll have a small relapse with them and I will get like a tiny gap. Um, I do pull the bottom ones still every once in a while, but I've been trying to let them grow, but I haven't pulled my eyelashes. The last time I had a really bad eyelash pulling was my senior year of high school. So around 2017. Okay. Yeah. Nice. What, um, <clears throat> how did you know that there was a name for trichotillomania when you pulled your lashes? How did that go between you finding out that this was an actual thing that people do? Oh, I looked it up so quick. I I don't know how quick into it, but I know it was still probably within the first year or two of me doing it. I was like eyelash pulling and it had this big, ugly, long name. I'm like, oh my God, I'm a freak. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, what the heck is this? Tr tr I didn't even know how to say it. I was like at a loss for words. Um, but I was always super curious as a kid. So I had to know things. So I looked it up right away and I saw what it was and there, there was, I even told, I was the one that told my parents, like, this is the name for it. This is what it's called. You know? mm -hmm. And how are they through that experience? You know, you telling them, you know, do they know anyone, anyone in your family with trick or was this like their introduction to the whole thing? It was pretty much the biggest introduction. So my parents are actually divorced. So the one who really noticed and started saying something first was my mom. Um, and it's not that she wasn't supportive of it, but she was definitely like, you need to stop type thing. Um, no one in my mom's side has it that I know of, but I do know that my grandmother has dermatillomania. She is a skin picker. She's, she picks sores everywhere. Um, as far as my dad's side, he, I feel like he's just kind of awkward, so he doesn't know how to really take it in. And so he never really talked to me too much about it, just kind of brushed it off the shoulder almost, it seemed. But my grandmother, whenever, on my dad's side, whenever, you know, 
in later years, I started talking to her a little bit more about it. She told me that my uncle actually used to pull his eyelashes out when he was younger. So um, those are the only two, my uncle from my dad's and my grandmother from my mom's who have a BFRB or had that I know of. Did you feel like, I don't know if a sense of relief would be the, you know, the word, but did you feel like, okay, hey, like I'm not even, I'm not the only one with this. Even people in my family have something like uh, that I've experienced. Yeah, a little bit. Um, with my grandma, I she didn't actually tell me that she was a skin picker until this year or last year, but recently. And I was like, oh, grandma, I already know. Like yours is called this. Like I know what that is. I've noticed you do that since forever. And with my uncle, because my grandma said that he used to do it and he stopped, I feel like he was one of those rare cases where, you know, they did it for a little bit and then it went away type thing. So his wasn't as relieving, but to know that my grandma also has a BFRB is is nice because I love her. And it's nice to relate to her. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it definitely makes you feel like when it happens to you, like when it manifests itself, it's like, I'm the only one. I'm so weird. I hate everything. But then yeah. you slowly, oh, you do too. And I love you. Like, you know, you slowly realize, hey, like this isn't as uncommon as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Have you had moments where you, I know you've stopped pulling the lashes for the most part. Have you had moments where you've noticed your trick kind of take, you know, take a back seat and things grow in and then they come back, you know, things like that? Um, well, I, it's been what, 15 years, I think, since I've been doing it and not really, no. Recently, last year around July, August, I started getting into, getting back into God and trying to focus on my relationship with him and just speaking to him, declaring that victory. And for a good 40 plus days, I actually did not pull if I did, it was like one tiny, very thin hair and it was great. It was amazing. I was keeping myself busy, but I kind of started back into it. I think I was getting stressed. I had a lot of um, family issues going on. I had school coming up and I think I just started getting really overwhelmed and stressed and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back to it. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, nope, I had never stopped, never went anything more than maybe a day or two without pulling. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that you have short hair. When did you decide to, because I, I think I've seen videos of you where you, you buzz it very low, right? Or pick yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first time that I buzzed it was June of 2020. So it was during quarantine, but it wasn't because of quarantine. Well, I guess they kind of correlate because during that time I did, I was working from home. I was at a desk job and it was just the worst it had ever been. So one day I texted both my sisters and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to shave my head. And they both, and I lived like near Tempe at the time. They both lived, and I'm in Arizona, but they both lived over here near Phoenix, Goodyear type thing. They both came right over and helped me. And it was, uh, it was hard. It was very hard to do, but I knew that it ultimately had to be done because I had been thinking about it for a long time. Mm 
<clears throat> and when you first did it, how did that feel? Did you feel like, okay, maybe I can breathe a little bit because of it being so short, you can't gra you know, grasp it or like rip the hair. How did that feel right after it was done? It felt, I don't want to say that it felt good because I cried. I was so sad because I used to have this long, gorgeous hair. Even though I still had the bald spots under it, it was long and it was gorgeous. But as, you know, a couple of days went on, I was like, this is the best that I've ever felt. You know, I'm not pulling as much because I don't have that access because I did buzz it literally down to my, my scalp. Um, so af after a few days, a couple of weeks, it did start to feel good. It felt great to just be myself and let, you know, people know, like, this is me. This is no hair. Mm -hmm. When I had, when I would go out in public without eyelashes and without the fake eyelashes, just completely bald, I kind of almost welcomed the conversation if it were to happen. Did you feel something similar? Yeah, yeah. Um, I still kind of went out sometimes with like a bandana or a beanie, but after a while, I was just kind of like, F it. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. Like, I'm not going to see most of these people again in my life. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool because there were sometimes people who would ask, like, the funniest question I got was, did you get brain surgery recently? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, no, I was like, I just pulled my hair out. You know, it's just a bald spot. Um, but yeah. When you first started pulling, were you open about it as a child to like your friends and like people in your class? Or was that something you kept really hidden? Um, I was not open about it at all. I did not talk about it. I just did it. And obviously people can see you have no eyelashes, but no one really ever said anything about that aspect of me. I got bullied in other ways, but with that, most people just ignored it. Um, it was more my family who would ask questions more like, why, why are you doing that? Like, stop doing that type thing. Um, but yeah, in school, it just, and I was obviously young. I wasn't wearing makeup then. So it was just me and my bald eyelashes, my bald eyelids. Um, but yeah, I got, I got bullied for other things. Like I had, I had that really dark peach fuzz. So I got bullied for having a, a mustache as a girl. Um, but it wasn't until eighth grade until someone was finally, finally like, where are your eyelashes? And that's why I stopped pulling them because I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be ugly. I can't do this. So that helped me to stop the eyelash part. Well, that's yeah. I mean, was that do you think that person was asking out of curiosity? You know how sometimes people ask, but they're kind of mean about it. Was that person like genuinely curious or were they just kind of like, you know, trying to bring attention to you? Yeah, I think they were genuinely curious, not trying to be mean or like rude. They were just like, where's your eyelashes? Like, what's going on? Um, and it was someone who I've been in elementary school with since second grade. So they saw, you know, they saw me with eyelashes for two years. And then all of a sudden, fourth grade on, I didn't have any. So I just think they were finally like curious and decided to ask. None of my friends ever asked, though. I don't think, I don't remember any of them ever really asking. They just were, you know, they were my friends. They didn't care. Mm -hmm. Did you end up ever, like, wanting to tell them, or did you tell them? I wanted to tell my friends sometimes, but I never did. I didn't tell anyone besides my 
family really until I made the my post about it. I had shaved my head and I posted it the next day after I shaved and I was like, this is my story. This is why I shaved my head, what I do and shed just a little bit of light to everyone. And obviously all my friends were just like, you're so strong. Like we're proud of you because they knew the whole time, but we just never talked about it. Mm -hmm. so, tell me that moment where you're like, you know what? I'm posting this, I'm making an account, I'm spreading awareness, I'm doing my thing. Like what led up to that? And like, tell me about that day, if you remember. Yeah, so I didn't make my trick account until recently. Um, and before that, I would kind of just posted a little bit on my main account. Um, but after I shaved my head and I posted on Facebook, I think I posted on Twitter too. But I posted on Facebook and I, I, ultimately was just I don't know it was like an exhilarating feeling because you get all this loads of support and love from your friends and family as well as people who are like oh my gosh like I know someone who does that or my kid does that or I didn't I thought I was a freak like type thing and you're just like no like this is what it is it's so much more common than you think it is and it was great as and as far as like the Instagram I wasn't really going to make one, but my girlfriend actually was the one who kind of pushed me in that direction. She's like, you don't know like who you can touch and who you can reach that's going to see, you know, your messages and how you're overcoming it or you're going through it. So yeah. it was really her who pushed me to, to do that extra step. Well, that's great. And were you, I was very shocked at how many people were so open about it when I was like, when I first joined Instagram, did you have a similar reaction? Like, whoa, like, look at this. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because there's so many people who are just so raw with it. Like they show everything. And I'm just like, whoa, I was like, you know, and obviously that can be triggering for some people because, you know, some people don't want to see it, but it, it was a great feeling to know that there is so many people out there and like so many people do actually know about it. So it was nice. And I, you know, I always think about how people will say things like, oh, social media, you know, so bad, you should stay off it. But I really have found, you know, the BFRB community is really, really great. You're having a bad day, you just make it, I'm having a bad day. Everyone's like, it's all right. Like, people will really rally for you and root for you. It's a really wonderful feeling. Yeah, it is. And I still take like social media breaks. Like, I don't go, I haven't posted on my, my trick account in a while. Um, but yeah, it is nice to know and to just go on there and see, like, sometimes that's the only one I'll look at. I'll be like, let me look at people who I can relate to. I don't want to look at all you anymore right now. But, um, but yeah, it is, it is a great feeling to know and to see that there's so many people out there. Mm -hmm. What are some areas, do you have areas of your house or, or triggering places where you find yourself pulling more often? Oh yeah, my goodness. So my bed. For one, absolutely. Uh, I lived with my dad for like the better half of, I don't know if I'm saying that, from like my sophomore year of high school through the rest. Um, going into college, I lived with my dad more so than my mom. And I would get on my bed and pluck, 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 pull, 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 pull. And after a while, I would, my bed had like a cubby underneath so I can go underneath my bed and I would go under there and just, oh my God, these piles of hair 
just under there. And I was just, I remember just being so disgusted with myself about it. I'm like, ugh. But um, other than my bed, the bathroom, actually, when I'm like on the toilet, it's kind of weird to say, but I'll sit on the toilet and I'm just up there and I'll be doing it. Um, other than that, it's kind of just random. The car, actually the car for sure. Um, when I'm driving, especially long distances, my hand is up there. And when one gets tired, I'll switch to the other, you know? Yeah. What are some pieces of advice that you would give someone who is, you know, in that trance? Do you feel like you get into a trance when you start to pull? Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess an, a piece of advice that I would give is just it's hard. It's obviously way easier said than done, but try to redirect your thoughts because when you're doing it, you're like, Oh my goodness, this feels great. Like I pulled it out, look at the root, pull it off, whatever you do. And you're like, okay, okay, just one more. But if you redirect your thought to what am I doing? Like I'm done. Let me focus on driving or let me focus on this or even just putting something else in my hand. Um, that has always really helped me. And I find whenever my hair is wet, it's harder to pull. So go take a shower. If you're at home, just go take a shower or even just rinse your head, make your hair wet. I use castor oil all the time and that obviously makes it slippery too. You can't pull. Um, and another thing that I know helps is putting like band-aids on your thumbs because you need your thumbs to pull. And if you have like band-aids as a barrier, that helps because yes, you can still pull if you have like longer hair, but a lot of the time what I do at least, and I'm sure a lot of other tricksters do is we're feeling for that specific hair that we want to pull. And you can't really feel it as well with a band-aid on because you're feeling the band-aid instead. So that, that definitely helps. You just have to get up and put that Band-Aid on, you know, which is another thing with your thoughts. You got to make yourself do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, because, you know, I think you just mentioned earlier, like, you like, I like it. I like how it feels. I'm like, okay, girl, you know, I'm like, oh, I found another one. Like, I'm like all excited when I do it. Like, I really like it. So that is hard because it's like, I'm telling myself, hey, stop doing this, even though you want to, but you shouldn't. So then it's like a whole. Exactly. And then you get frustrated because you're like, oh, my God, but I really want to. Because with me, like, sometimes it's in an individual hair, but other times it's, like, a cluster of hairs. And when I pull that cluster and I see that they all have, like, those thick, big roots, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's great. I'm like, let me see what else I can get back there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, my God, Nicole, you're making your bald spot bigger. Like, just stop. Mm -hmm. but, but, yep, easier said than done, that whole just stop thing. Mm -hmm. yeah that that's a that angers me I I feel like I say this in every every uh episode but I'm like don't you think we would like I don't know I just get so mad when I hear that it's literally like telling someone addicted to some kind of drug oh just stop doing it you don't need that just stop well you've built this uh relationship with it and at this point I do need it sometimes you know mm -hmm. I need it to either relieve my stress or just distract me something and that's how I am. I'm a, I'm an addict to it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself, um, you know, pulling when you feel happy? Like you're excited? Hmm. I never thought of that before. I don't think so. 
but I've never really paid attention to that part. Um, but yeah, I don't think I pull when I'm excited or happy. It's more in stressful situations. If I'm angry or mad, um, if I'm annoyed with someone or definitely when I'm upset and sad too, but not necessarily when I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was so strange for me the other day. It wasn't the other day necessarily. It was maybe a few months ago. Um, but I was, I received good news and I went right up and I'm like, whoa, you're, whoa, <laughs> here. you know, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm like really happy. Why am I doing this? So I, I, for me, I was like, oh, am I like trying to regulate or something, you know, regulate my emotions oh. and, you know, relieve some of that, that excess happiness. I don't know. I was just like, okay. Yeah. What are some things that you do for self-care as, you know, maybe, um, being on the, you know, the offense versus being on the defense with, with trips. Yeah. Um, so for self-care, I mean, I, I actually have acne a little bit. It's more hormonal, I feel. Um, it was getting a little bit of a like, cystic acne. So I try to always have a good skincare, you know, routine going day and night. Um, like I said, I, I'll always put castor oil. Uh, I've recently... Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a while, but I have like a rosemary mint oil as well. So I'll put like the rosemary one in the, the morning and then the castor oil at night. Um, and I try to exercise. I won't say that I'm the best at it. Um, but when I can and when I can get the motivation to go, my sister really helps me with that because she's just recently uh, for the past few months gotten into the gym. So um, when I go with her, it's great because when I'm exercising, I don't, I'm happy. I'm in like Zen and I'm in the zone. You don't have time to pull because you're with lifting weights or doing something. Um, but not only that, if you're, you know, if it's arm day and you lift weights, your arms are sore <laughs> and you can't, you can't bring that up there. You don't want mm -hmm. to at least, otherwise they're just going to get more sore. Um, but yeah, that, and I like to read. I definitely like to read a lot even though that sometimes can lead to pulling episodes. Um, I'm definitely a reader. I have like three bookcases full of books. Yeah. I want to ask you about growing up with your sisters. Were, were either one of them, you know, an accountability partner for you? Did, did you have that where you wanted them to kind of point out, hey, I noticed you're, you know, pulling or did you um, ever ask them to do that? Yeah. Um, so one of my sisters is a little less than two years younger. And then the other one's like four years younger. Um, the youngest one lived primarily with my mom. So her, not so much. Um, but with my sister that's closer to me, closer to my age, excuse me, she definitely did. Like, I remember whenever it was first starting, when we were at our dad's house, we kind of, we slept in the same room sometimes. And I would, you know, I'd pull mostly when people fell asleep is when I would do it, but she was always awake. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to do it. And she would, she would stop me. And I remember so vividly this one time, she probably doesn't remember it, but I do. Um, we were laying down and stuff and I pulled the blanket over my head, but I kept my hands up out of it and she pulls it down. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, my hands are up here. My hands are up here. Cause I, I almost wanted to see if she would say something and she did. So she always, always holds me accountable. And I'm so grateful for her because she's just one of my rocks, you know? And, um, even to this day, if she sees my hands up here, she'll just gently like 
no, no sister. And I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Just a little yeah. bit of tears. No, it's beautiful. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I have a brother too. He he's older. He's like six years older than me. He he wasn't around as much, but when we were living with our mom, like he was. He didn't necessarily hold me accountable, but he did like mention things before, like, oh look, there's Nicole with her hands at her head always. Mm. And I was like, ah, brother, stop. Um, mm. but like now he it makes me happy because when he sees like how good my hair grows in when it does grow up not right now but he's just he'll look at it and he'll grab my head and he'll just inspect it and he's like I'm so proud of you sister like I love you so much and it it's an amazing feeling honestly that's so nice Nicole that's so nice you have a nice family <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah well, shout out them. That's great. Shout out them. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. That's wonderful. Thank you. And I hope that people who listen to your episode share with their siblings. They're like, hey, you know, if they don't have something like that, they're like, hey, look, this is what someone else does. And it's so special because, you know, I'm, listen, don't get me to start crying now. But, you know, I'm seeing you tear up and it is so beautiful because that is really what people need, like to be loved and supported in, in the family. I mean, wow. Yeah, exactly. And especially, yeah, especially with my sister, it was like the whole time she was just there for me. Because, like I said, with my dad, it was almost like he just brushed it off. Like every once in a while, he would say something or if I was having like a bad week or a bad day, he would come in my room and we would talk for a little bit. But we clashed and bumped heads a lot as I was growing up. And I feel it was because he thought, oh, I'm just this attitude ridden kid with disobedience and all. I'm like no I'm just angry and mad at myself really and then you on top of it's just making it worse like please mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it is great to have that great support system and to anyone who does listen I hope that they they do reach out to their siblings if they're close to them and even if they're not because you never know what your sibling might be going through as well and if you open up they might open up and you both just become that support system um, because it helps, it does. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that you brought up the whole thing, like I'm mad at myself, like I am angry, like there is anger here. It's not directed at you, I'm not being disobedient because a lot of times I even feel with some therapists that I've been to personally, like they're acting like it's already my fault. Oh, well, you can just stop, can't you? Well, just just sit on your hand. I'm like, are you for real? And so I get even more angry because I'm already beating myself up. And now you're placing blame on me when there shouldn't be blame mm-hmm. on me at all. It's not my fault. And so it is hard to navigate and become positive about this when you're struggling internally with with blame and, and you know, self-loathing. Yeah, because it makes you so depressed, you know, like, obviously, you don't well, some people do want to, some people have accepted and are like, okay, I want to do it. But for me, all the time, I've never wanted to do it. I've always hated it. I've hated it, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it led to a lot of my depression, a lot of my anger. And I feel that's what a lot of people don't understand sometimes, like, especially your parents is like, they don't understand why you're being the way you are and it's like well this is why I know it's not 
they don't, I don't know. It's hard because I feel like they just think it's just a habit. Oh, she's just doing that. Or she, oh, she wants attention or something like that sometimes. But um, no, just uncontrollably doing it and hating myself for it type thing. Yeah. And also it brings on paranoia. You know, when you're a little kid, you don't really think about anything until you're like, hey, I have these things missing, you know, and people are going to notice. And then every day you're, you have that paranoia. Some of my notice, some of my notice, some of my notice. Imagine anyone at, you know, in fourth grade, young like that, having that, that fear every single day. People just don't understand. It's not, oh, I have no eyelashes. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. No, this is a thing where like my whole the way that I perceive my world and my everyday life is now altered in a way that I can't fix because I can't grow them back right away. So. Yeah, exactly. And oh my goodness. I remember when I was in, in that grade and at that age, when I would do it at night, I would go right after I finished, I would go to the bathroom and I would look at the damage I did. I would just cry. I would cry and cry. Every once in a while I would go to my mom and I would just cry to her about it. Um, but like with my mom, it was good because she listened, but it was also sometimes rocky because she didn't understand. So she would try to help in ways that didn't always help, or she would make comments that just weren't necessarily the nicest comments. Um, but yeah, it it was hard each day going to school. I didn't want to go to school really. Um, and then in eighth grade, whenever I finally let them grow back, I was like, oh my goodness. I have these long, beautiful eyelashes. And my mom, my dad still didn't want me wearing makeup type thing. So my mom was like, well, she grew her eyelashes out. You know, this should be her reward. So he let me wear, you know, the mascara. But um, when I switched to my head, I do remember in eighth grade that, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I feel like I heard it. I, you know, I'm sitting to my back, my back to my, at the time, my, you know, my little eighth grade boyfriend and his group of friends. And I hear the words bald spot. And I'm just like thinking to myself, oh no. So then immediately I kind of shift my, my stance in my chair and I just kind of fix my hair a little bit. So that way they can't see it. But my goodness. Yeah. The paranoia is just there and it never goes away. Never goes away throughout the whole day. Oh, especially when there's wind, you're just like, um, let me just hold this down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It adds a, it adds an extra layer of trauma to an already traumatic experience. And it, it's a- absolutely. Um, and you know, I really am happy that we're talking about this because you know, I, I I'm at a point now, what 20 plus years with it, I'm fairly positive about it, but it, you know, and I talk positively about it, but it's still important to know, hey, look, I wasn't always like this. You weren't always like, you know, positive how you are. It, it is tough. It's a rocky, rocky road. You can get to the point where you're like, okay, I can speak about this. I can spread awareness and have a positive attitude. But for how many years I was down in the dirt, you know, really upset and, and devastated. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even in high school, well, you know, in eighth grade, I remember it being still, like, when it was on my head, it was still pretty little. It was a little spot just at the back of my head. And, you know, 
when you're in eighth grade, you're getting older and you have your girlfriends and they want to like do your hair and stuff like that. And I was always like, um, no, it's okay. You don't have to do mine. And just this one time, this one girl was like, let me just braid your hair. So I was like, okay. And I'm just sitting there so tense. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like that's like, that's where my hair parts weird type thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, making an excuse for it. And I'm just like, like, that's believable. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did she ever say anything? No, she never really said, said anything. I think she like made a comment like, oh yeah, I have that too. Or something like that. Because some people have like the cowlicks in the back of their head versus in the front. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she never really said anything more about it. Mm -hmm. How do you, how did you get yourself to the point where you are positive about it? You're spreading awareness. You're like, you know what? This is me a hundred percent. I'm just the way I am now. Um, it was honestly probably not until I shaved my head because all throughout high school, I hid it. Didn't tell any friends, didn't tell any boyfriends or anything like that. College, I, I actually did tell someone in college, but I don't think she understood it in the way that it was type thing um because she had like anxiety and depression and I was like oh like I have really bad anxiety and I I pull my hair out because I think I was crying and she was there you know my roommate and I I just told her and she's like oh honey we don't want you to do that and I was like no shit no you know <laughs> like obviously <laughs> um but yeah it probably wasn't until I shaved my head and I posted it and I just got you know, all of the love, all the support, as well as all of the people who reached out and were like, my son has this, or, oh, I pull from my beard, or, oh, I do it too, and I never knew type thing. That's when I was like, okay, like, I already knew there were a lot of people, but it's nice to know that I'm the one that's also bringing awareness to others, and that they now know that they're not alone, or their kids are not alone. <clears throat> So that's probably when it was that I started becoming, I guess, quote unquote, positive about it. Because I'm still not the most positive. I, you know, I cry still whenever I go through those episodes. But mm -hmm. I, like you said, learn to accept ourselves and that's who we are. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I love that you mentioned that you cry about it because it is a lifelong thing. Like there's no... Um, we're not going to sugarcoat anything here. Like the truth of the matter is sometimes you cry about it. Me too. It, like I will go to my boyfriend and be like, I can't believe I'm still, like, I'm still doing this. Like I can't. And it's because I find myself, tell me if you're the same. Whenever something happens, I find myself thinking it'll always be that way. So if my eyelashes grow back, they're always going to be here. If they're out, they're always going to be out. I'm so extreme that I get wrapped up. And so when things change, I'm devastated. Do you find yourself doing the same thing? Yeah, definitely. Because whenever I went through that period where I was doing good and my hair, it was almost all the way full. I had just the teeniest, tiniest little spot in the back. And I was like, my gosh, I did it. I'm doing it. And then bam, something was happening. And little by little, it started growing. The, the spot grew and I started pulling the other spots again and yeah, it's, it's devastating, but I feel with me, I never fully told myself like, Oh, it's going to be like this forever because I always knew relapse happens and it's, it's something that happens a lot for some people, but because I did it, I know that I can do it again and I know I can do it for longer 
And even if I overcome it of like fully one day, I know there's always that chance that it can come back. You know, it's never going to be, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't have trichotillomania anymore. It's no, I'm always going to have it. It doesn't matter if I'm not pulling anymore. It's me. It's part, well, it's not me, but it's part of me. Um, yeah, it's always going to be there, you know? Oh yeah. And, it, and an added challenge too is like something that I really struggled with um getting to this this place of like i'm you know i'm going to work with no eyelashes or like i'm just me like i'm doing what i need to do and that's all i can do um but getting to that point you know i really struggled with the idea that i changed how i looked like almost every day and i thought that i looked ugly like it was like i'm pulling my eyelashes out and now i'm ugly like i had to rewire my brain into being like no 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 you're pretty no matter what but it was really hard yeah, it's very hard because, you know, especially with the beauty standards, it's like, oh, women need to have this long, gorgeous hair, these long, beautiful eyelashes. And if you don't, it's like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you, why don't, or why you, why you have a shaved head? You look so much prettier with long hair. It's like, no, honey, I look pretty no matter what, first of all. Um, and second of all, I have a condition and I, I'll shed light on it, you know? That's mm -hmm. when you just shed light on it. This is what it is, and this is who I am. So like it or leave it mm -hmm. type thing. Yeah. No, and I love that. And I love that, you know, you do take that time to spread awareness. You're like, you know what? Let me tell you something. And I like that because then, like you said, when you shared before, this person knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. That's how we get people to stop being like, where's your eyelashes? Where are they? Because now they just know what it is. Like, please just know what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Now, this is a question that I had, um, I had posed a question. What are some questions you would like to see on TikTok? And this one really stood out to me because it's kind of like, huh, like even I never really had thought about my answer to this. I mean, I have now because I've asked it a few times, but let me hear your answer. What is the best part of having trick? I feel like the best part, hmm, that is a good question. I feel like one of the best parts of having trick is your brain thinks differently than other people's. Like you're thinking of things that some people would never even think about and you see other people in different ways also. So you are almost more compassionate in some ways, um, which, I mean, I wasn't always, I was, I went through my mean phases, honestly, I'm not going to lie, but, um, but yeah, it overall makes you more of an understanding and compassionate person towards other people who either have trick or have something else going on. And it makes you curious to just learn about other things. And I think, I think that's a pretty good part that I like about it. Mm -hmm. no, that's what great. was yours? What's your answer? Oh, yeah, I would, I think it's, um, <clears throat> I have a better understanding of different disorders because I know like when I first heard of, my, of ours, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so weird. But like, I know I'm not weird, right? Like I know it's not weird. So then I'm like, oh, you have this. That's not weird. Cause I have this, like, it felt like Hey, I'm just part of this community of like, people do different things. Like, who am I to pass judgment on someone if they pick their skin or they bite their nails? Like, we're all doing our best here. 
And I feel like even as a little kid, I'm first of all, I'm not going to be the one that's like, where are your eyelashes? Like I would have never been that kid. My parents did not teach me to be like that. Um, so yeah, but I had a, a different understanding of like, yeah. let's not point things out. And if I am curious, ask in private or in a way that makes them not, you know, uncomfortable and scared. But yeah, it's yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, because I, I, I'm a nail biter too. I bite my nails and the skin and oh, I, I, I think I hate that more than I hate my hair pulling, honestly, because it just, that's just not something I like. But, um, but yeah, definitely a better understanding. And what's cool and what I think about, I don't think this has really anything to do with the question. But when I do think back to like elementary school, when I was just starting out with my eyelashes and stuff, I remember one girl or every once in a while, you'd see a couple kids that did have bald spots. And I always wondered, I was like, huh, I wonder like what's, not necessarily what's wrong with them, but I wonder why they have bald spots. Um, but I remember whenever it was like me just starting pulling my eyelashes, one of my friends who was, she was like the prettiest girl in our grade. And she was just, you know, amazing. She went up to us one day and she was like, oh yeah, every once in a while, like I'll pull out a hair just to see like the root. And I thought to myself, I was like, hey, she does that. So what I do must not be that weird. You know, she might not do it to the extent that I do, but she's still doing it. Um, and to this day, I don't know if that is what led to me eventually switching to my head in eighth grade or if it was just something that I just was like, oh, I'm not a, I'm not that big of a freak because this gorgeous, pretty girl does it, you know. But, yeah, I just think about that sometimes. Yeah. What would be your advice to someone who wants to share publicly that they have trick, they want to be open and honest about it? What would be some advice you would give them? I feel the advice that I would give is write it out in a journal first. Honestly, write it, write it out, just write about it. And if you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to someone or I'm going to go talk read it out loud to yourself even. And then if you do decide you want to go more publicly about it and start advocating and speaking about it, maybe start with your family because not a lot of people tell their family. So, you know, start with your family and see how much love and support that you can get from them when they understand. Because if they don't understand, then they're going to obviously be like, just stop, just stop. But um, if you can get them to understand other people will understand type thing um that yeah definitely writing it out i always i never necessarily i don't think i ever necessarily wrote too much about the word trichotillomania because it's such a long weird word i usually always just shortened it and just did trick you know um but i feel like writing has definitely helped me a lot i love that well, thank you so much, Nicole. I've had a really great time chatting with you. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would like to talk about before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think just, I guess to anyone that listens, just try to be as strong as you can going through this because it's not easy. It'll never be easy, but to know that there are other people out here who have it and who are more than willing to just talk to you or message you. Um, it's always an option, you know, um, 
uh, other than that, I just have all these little memories in the back of my head that I'm like, oh, I could talk about this or oh, I could talk about that. But no, it was great. It was great to talk to you. Well, I feel the same about you. So thank you so much. And I'll probably talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Thanks, Barbara. Thank you.